I'm going to ask you to get your Bibles out, um, and there's actually going to be a lot of verses tonight, so I'm not going to tell you to turn anywhere specific just yet, but for sure I want you to take out your bulletins, um, because I'm going to be referencing uh, both the Bible blog that's inside, but on the back side it's just blank. It's a place to write things down, so there's going to be a lot of scriptures given tonight, uh, so I want you to get a pen. There's a pen in front of you, and uh, go ahead and get ready to receive from the Lord. We're going to give you some very practical things uh, tonight. And so however you take notes, go ahead and get ready to, to do that. And then inside your bulletin, I'm going to ask you to take out the insert that says um, rights of a believer. So if you could take that out as well, you're going to need that uh, tonight. We've been in a series called The Christian Life uh, for uh, some time, actually since the end of summer, and just talking about what it means to follow Jesus and what it means to, to have like the essence of the Christian life. And for several weeks, we were talking about identity, our identity in Jesus, because we want to know our identity in Jesus. I mean, that's really kind of the crux of following Jesus. You have to know who you are, and you have to abide in that identity. And, and I read this this week, and I want to share a quote with you from Bill Johnson. It's going to be on the screen, and, and it's this. The promises of God are like the rudder of a ship. Reviewing them sets the direction for my whole life. I like that. Just keep that on the screen for just a moment. You can look at that. And, and I don't know about you, but I want to design my life around the promises of God. I want to design my life about in, in abiding with him. I mean, that's what we were designed for, right? To abide with him. We were designed for an abundant life. We were designed for the promises of God. But the truth is that it's very easy to stray into natural thinking. And when we begin to move into that natural thinking, and I talked a little bit about that in my Bible blog, all of a sudden our faith begins to erode, and we don't even notice it, but it starts to, to eat away at the promises that God has for our life. And so uh, tonight we want to be very practical, and so this might be the most practical sermon you've ever heard, on how do I meditate on the Word of God? How do I remind myself about what God says in His Word, that I don't stray away uh, into natural thinking, but that I stay in what God has for me. And so we're going to do something a little bit different tonight. As you can probably tell, I don't have the pulpit up here. We have a table, and uh, that's because I'm going to invite someone to join me uh, tonight. And, and it's someone that, that uh, I've had lunch with for years and years, and I've known him for years and years. I'm going to invite Gary to come up now. And um, we've just always had a good time together, and whenever we get together... Uh, I am encouraged. I walk away from our times together uh, just full of uh, just love for the Lord. You're going to have to use that tonight. Yeah. All right. Um, and this is hard to do, guys, to get up in front of you guys and talk. But uh, I love Gary's heart. And Gary's been a part of our church for a long time. I mean, he used to be my, uh, was it Boys Brigade or what was it? Boys Brigade. Boys Brigade. I was probably that big. And, and Gary was very young, probably just a teenager at the time. But But he was... Early choice, but he was my he was my leader in that. Um, but I I wanted Gary to be up here with me tonight as we talk about these things because God's really done something in his life. Because not only do I always leave encouraged, um, but I always see growth in Gary's life over those years and, and in talking with him. And I want to see that growth in my life and in all of our lives. And and I'm going to ask Gary to begin with his testimony because uh, maybe you know Gary, maybe you don't. 
Um, but Gary didn't grow up in church and, uh, you know, had an upbringing like I had. So I want him to share just a little bit of his testimony so you kind of get a running start into some thoughts. So thanks, Gary. Can we welcome Gary? Thank you. Um, in some ways, you know, you know, you saw I was up looking for a miracle, and this is a miracle that I'm even here. Yeah. Because yeah. if you knew me 38 years ago, that's how long I've been going to this church, this would be the last place I'd be. Um, actually, I had the opportunity, he said Boys Brigade. Um, when that program started, um, there was a gentleman who actually ran it, and there was like six or seven of us guys in our 20s that were just going to help out. And when the program started, he for some reason decided that he was going to move on to another church. So he needed a leader. And so for some reason, he thought I was the good candidate date. So, so I, no, I thought no big problem. I had no problems being around boys and having fun and, and doing the, the program. But the thing I did not want to do is that occasionally I would have to come up here and talk about the program. And I would know that maybe a week or two weeks in advance, that would be hell. You know, those two weeks were the worst weeks of my life because just to think that I would have to be up here and talk. And so... This is a miracle that this has happened, and, um, and, it, and it really is not something, because I'm going to tell you, I've known about this for about, what, about 10 days, maybe? Yeah. And the thing is, inside of me, even today, wants me, don't do this. Come on, there's, there's got to be a good excuse not to be up here, because actually, as you probably can tell in my voice, there is a little bit of nervous, but the thing is, I want to be here, yeah. because I know this is my calling. Because before, when I first got saved, you know, I, I, like Pastor said, I come from a bad background. You know, I was into drugs, pornography. I had, you know, my dad died when I was 11. My mom married a guy, a stepfather brought pornography in at 13. I was in drugs at 14. Pretty much, you know, you know, did acid, you know, almost died. Just a lot of bad things. Had no, no mentoring. Just was running you know, on air. I had no idea where I was going, had no future, but, you know, God saw me. Yeah, that's, good. that's the amazing yeah. thing. God saw where I was. And um, so, you know, he, he saved me when I was 18 years old. And the amazing thing is, is I knew this was my calling back then. But it was, you know, it's, I go back to the, sort of what, like Mary said, when, when Gabriel said that you're going to have the baby, it says, how can this be. <laughs> but the thing is, is that I knew this. But see, back then I thought that would just happen to be a miracle. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be involve me personally. So, you know, God would just also magically put me up here and the words would just flow. But that's not what happens. I'm involved in this. It, it, who I am has to be part of what God wants to do. It's not like God is just going to take me and do the magic and then, you know, I'm just going to see him do all these amazing things. No, we have to walk right. in his promises. We have to be in alignment. Yeah. Because, you know, the Bible talks about where the two or more agree on anything, you'll have it. Well, I've come to a place that the two that need to agree, God's already in agreement. He already, he already, he has already promised it. But I have to now walk in that agreement. And until I walk in that agreement, things won't happen. You know, the word also says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I used to think that they know, which I did, you know, since I first got saved, I would listen to whatever I can. And I can still remember when I first got saved, there was a radio station in Indiana that 
could hardly get a good reception, but I was so hungry for the word, I would listen to that static because I was, because when I got saved, I got saved in isolation. There, um, the person who led me to the Lord moved to Tupelo, Mississippi, and, you know, I was going to the Catholic Church, so I, I what, now where do I do, where do I go? Mm. But the amazing thing, the Lord, you know, I met a guy that I went to um, great, I went to a Catholic grade school, met a guy that went to grade school, he said, hey, there's a prayer group or a song group on, um, on Sunday mornings at 10.30 Mass that are born-again believers. You should go meet them. And that's where I, I met Nancy Hudson. Oh, okay. And um, I couldn't sing with the darn, but it didn't matter. It was, right, hey, yeah, we, were, right. we were just here because there was unity. There was just believing. And through that, I got involved in a Catholic um, charismatic prayer meeting. And through that, a couple got married. And, and through that marriage, I ran into a guy I went to high school with. And he just happened to have a Friday night prayer meeting in his home. And who happened to be at that Friday night prayer meeting? Pastor Miro. Mm. Wow. And, and so, you know, God leads and, and guides and directs. And the Lord brought a person into my life who was uh, um, going to Trinity, and he's the one that inspired me to memorize Scripture. Mm. And I've been memorizing Scripture ever since because the Word says, unless I hide the Word in my heart, that's the way I will not sin against thee. Yeah. Because if you're full of the word, you can't be full of anything else. Good. You only can think one thought at a time. Mm -hmm. So what thought are you thinking right now? Every, everyone in this room is thinking something. What are you thinking? Are you thinking of what God says? Mm -hmm. Or are you thinking what the flesh says? So, so just what the Lord has done, you know, I've done different ministries in this church. I've, like I said, been in kids clubs. I've done nursery until it got to a point that it wasn't probably a good idea for a man to basically be with babies. I don't know why. Yeah, but it, right. just, you know, things just, yeah, hey. just progressed. You know, um, Change. And been in prayer meetings um, yeah. the whole time I've been here. Um, mm. Saturday morning prayer, which is a, a tremendous thing. And as you see, I came up because I need a miracle. Yeah. That's good. Just because I'm growing deeper in the Lord doesn't mean that I don't need God to still move in, in, in mm. our lives. Yeah. Um, so, um, so I just yeah. say, you know, God's just been doing amazing things. And um, probably the most amazing thing that's happened just in the last seven years, um, most, I don't know if most of you may know Chris Allman, but um, um, I approached him. We used to have a, a men's group on Saturday, uh, Sunday mornings that we just would meet together just so we could talk about the word and just share and just, you know, grow deeper. And that disbanded. And then I just, about seven years ago, I said, Chris, you know, I really miss that. How about you and me just getting together? Well, he says, you want to know something, Gary? I think there's a need for Sunday school. And so he goes, um, I'm going to talk to Pastor Darrell and, and see if we can get Sunday school. So, hey, would you be me, 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 te me teaching? But it's amazing. It's, you know, the Lord is our instructor. Who, who, who says it will teach us in all truth? The Holy Spirit. If you're born again, you're a believer, you mm -hmm. have the Holy Spirit inside you. He will teach you mm -hmm. all truth, yeah. and the, he will lead and guide. And so... Um, and I think that, you know, their Sunday school class is phenomenal. And uh, everybody that goes, I mean, that's the first thing I ask when they come in for church, how was it? Every week, phenomenal. You know, and it's funny how God speaks through his word. And... Um, and so that's kind of our first thing. So if you want to write something down, these are some practical things because he's kind of touching on it already. But this idea that we need to meditate on God's word. 
we got to meditate on God's word. And the problem when you use the word meditate or meditation, immediately people begin to think of other religions or, or something like that. And, and in other religions, they're going to tell you, yeah, completely empty your mind. But do you realize that the Bible says over and over again to meditate? And yeah, we are emptying our minds, but we're emptying our minds of the things of this world, and we're thinking on the things of God. We're thinking about the promises of God. And the truth is, as, as Gary kind of already mentioned, you're already meditating. Whether you know it or not, you're already meditating. And, and you can say, I don't, no, I never meditate. No, trust me. If you're going through a financial problem, you're meditating on that financial problem because that's all you can think about. That's all you can think about. Or your family's going through a hard time. That's all you can think about. There's a problem in your life. The biggest trick of the enemy, he'll bring something from your past that you did. And that's all you can think about. And this worry and this fear, it's all you can think about. And God says, no, I don't want you to meditate on those things. I want you to meditate on what I say in my word. And, uh, and I'd like to just read a, a verse of scripture, and then I'm going to uh, ask Gary a question and, and actually ask him to share what he does in his life. Uh, for uh, this idea of meditation, but it's Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. So that's a, that's a verse I want you to get inside of your heart. I'm going to give you one more, too, and that's Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will, keep you, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. See, your meditation determines everything in your life. What you're meditating on determines everything in your life. And so how do we do this? And that's where I want to ask Gary, how does he do this? Because I've seen this in his life. And so that's why I'd like you to grab your uh, insert at this time, because it's something Gary put together for you tonight, but it's also something he put together for himself. Um, so maybe you could talk about, because you talked about your past and, and where you got to today. But, but how do you meditate today? And our sound booth asked if you could raise that mic up. Just <laughs> okay, sorry about that. Because there's just people in line that can't hear. But, okay. um, but yeah, just whatever you want to do. But how do we do this? Well, to me, it's really just simple. Um, the thing is, is that it's very hard always to carry this around. So what I have always done is I use a very simple tool, which is Bible Gateway. And so what I do is I print off verses from Bible Gateway, and it's in my car. If you look at my back seat of my car, it's a mess because it, it contains all kinds of verses. And what my part in Sunday school, you know, Chris Allman is a teacher. He will, he'll get you into the depth of the word, pretty much historical, and he'll break it apart. My job is to bring forth verses, and how does that become real in your life? And the only way I've found that the verse becomes real in your life is you keep talking about it. You have to talk about it. Because really what you believe and what you're going to do is what you talk about. You know, if you say you love the Lord, you should be talking about the Lord. Because, because that should just be a progression of who you are. Well, it's the same thing with the Word. You know, um, probably the, some of the key verses that really have really changed my life and what's transformed me probably more than anything probably in the last 10, 15 years, was that I really came to understand that God loved me. I knew he loved me mentally. But coming to the point where you know that he loves you so much that he would do anything for you. But the problem is, is that we look at that in the natural. 
See, and sort of, you know, I don't want to get too deep in it, but Romans 7 talks about, you know, I do the things that I don't want to do. You know, you're pretty much in this thing where you're, you're, you're in conflict with yourself. But the thing is, is what the Lord has really dealt with me is that that's not where you're supposed to live. You're supposed to live in Romans 8. There is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That you should be led by the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 talks about, you know, that we are um, heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. That, you know, we can say, Abba, Father. There is a relationship that God wants that we have absolutely no comprehension of. But the thing is, you speak the word to yourself enough, he will reveal it. Because he, he resides in his word. His, because the thing is, I keep telling people who are unbelievers, you cannot come up with God in your own mind. Because you're going to create a God in your own creation. The only way that you can ever come to know God is by him revealing himself. And one of the verses that I love is in, from Ephesians 1. So I, prayed to the, I prayed to the God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, this is in Ephesians 1, I think it's 17, that he may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know the hope to which you are called. And this hope is not the hope that the world knows of. This hope is something that's sure. It's just that you may not see it yet. It's, as it talks about in um, Hebrews 11, you know, faith is the substance of things hoped for, of things not yet seen. So this, this hope that we have is not that kind of hope. So then the hope, then the riches of the glory of the riches of, for, the, for us who believe and his incredibly great power for us is like that same power that raised Christ from the dead. That power is, is for us. But the problem is, what do you do with that? The tendency in, for so much of my Christian life was for the flesh. Is God, I, elevate me. Do things in my life. Make, make me shine. When really what God is interested in is changing us from the inside out. Because I've come to realize God's not so interested in our sin, but our being. Because sin is really just a growth of, what we, of what's inside of us. You know, as Jesus talked about it, if you're a good tree, you're going to bear good fruit. So the thing is, is, as you let that word penetrate the inside of you, that will actually produce the fruit. The things that you're looking for to happen on the outside. God has done some amazing things in my life, especially as a career. I, I have no college education. I'm an IT consultant. I'm self-employed. I could never recreate what he did. But the thing is, is that is something that he has done for me. But on the other hand, I have a wife who's not a believer. And, you know, it's... But the thing is, I say she's not yet, but she will. I, I know that the Lord put us together, you know. And so the thing is, is that there's no, there's, this life will never, ever be perfect. It's always going to have, have issues on the, on the outside. So It's good. Man, he's preaching tonight. And I'm like, amen, go Gary. That's good stuff. But that's good. So that, that idea of meditating. So we want to give you now the second thing, and, and Gary already alluded it, to it, is we need to write it down. It, 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 we've got to meditate on it, yes, and get in our head, but we've got to write it down. And you see the uh, Habakkuk verse there, um, and the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. Um, we, we want to write these things down, but you want to know why? It's because we need motivation. We need motivation. We need to see our eyes 
need to see it. And um, so I love writing down uh, thoughts that the Lord gives me, quotes that I, when I shared earlier, uh, scripture verses. I, I like putting them on Facebook because I want to share them with others. I love uh, the idea of, of copying and pasting verses that God has spoken to my life and then keeping them in my car or work or wherever and, um, and just, you know, really uh, allowing God to use that in my life and in the life of others. I love marking up my Bibles um, as I'm studying or as I'm reading and highlighting and making notes and all those things. And, and, and I do it, and every few years I, I fill it up so much that I end up, uh, I actually, when I fill it up and I'm like, okay, I just, I, I want to start over, and maybe sometimes I use a news translation or something just so the Lord can speak to me. I'll hand them to my wife, Leslie, and I'll say, just, just keep this. And, and, uh, and if, I, if I'm ever gone, this, this is my heart. And uh, give it to our boys or give it to our grandkids or whatever. Just Because you want to know my favorite thing in life is opening up my grandpa and grandma's Bibles. I, I can't tell you, I, I don't even remember right now, one gift they ever gave me for Christmas. But I love their Bibles. And they're in the house in, our, in Iowa, and I'll just, like, open those up. And I'll just, I want to see what Grandpa highlighted. I want to see what Grandma wrote. I, I want to see those things. And I used to um, only use my iPad and highlight and do different things. And, and, and I still do. I mean, I still use it for, for a lot. But I, I realized something, that my grandkids are never going to want to see my iPad. <laughs> it's going to be so old-fashioned when they come around. They'll be like, oh, really? Seriously? And, but they, they'll have this. I want them to have this. And I think that this idea of writing it down is so important. The, the, what you have in your hand is pure gold. Having this, writing it down, making it plain. I want, I want consistent reminders in front of my eyes because if they're in front of my eyes, they're going to get deposited into my heart. Mm-hmm. And like Gary said, once it's in your heart, it's going to come out in your life. And so this idea of writing it down and making it plain, I know you already gave this verse, but Psalm 119.11, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Um, so uh, we want that. We want that in our life. And we're going to give you one more, and I'm going to ask Gary another question. But here's another thing that you can do, and that's to review and remind. To review and remind. So you're going to write it down. You're, you're gonna, well, you're going to meditate, you're going to write it down, and then you're going to review and remind yourself of what you've written down. You're going to go back over this. This is not a one-time thing for Gary. This is his life. that He goes over again and again. And sometimes we need to re- review it for ourselves, um, but also we want to remind ourselves, and, and I know this is going to sound sacrilegious to some, but don't let it sound that way. Sometimes we need to remind God. And you're like, Pastor Daryl, remind God. Doesn't he know all things? Yeah. But throughout the Bible, Abraham reminded God of the promise. Joshua reminded God of the promise. Moses reminded God of the promise. David, over and over again, reminded God of the promise. Nehemiah reminded God of his promises. And there's something, again, God doesn't need to be reminded. But there's something beautiful about that prayer. God, you said in your word and just reviewing that. And so how do you do that, Gary? How do you review and remind yourself and remind God? How does that, what does that look for you like on a daily basis so we can practically give it to everybody? Well, I guess the thing is, is that this may actually seem almost super spiritual, but nothing else really is important to me. 
Um, it's the thing is, is that for me, once I'll just share something about about 12 years ago, um, I was woken up in the morning and I felt dread, dread like I've never felt before. It was almost like God took Himself away from me. I felt hopeless. I just felt almost like the way I felt before I was saved. And a voice sort of spoke inside. It wasn't audible or something that said that you can no longer stay here. Which meant that, you know, it sort of was this thing is I wish that you were either hot or cold. But since you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my, my mouth, as it says in the book of Revelations. So because of that, I've been on this journey. Because the reality is we're all in, in eternity. We're all eternal beings. You know, it, it, God, there's a scripture I like that's in Hebrews 10, 14. It says, by one sacrifice, he made perfect forever those whom he's making holy. In God's sight, we're perfect. That's why you can do Hebrews, what is it, is it forward? It says we can boldly come before the throne of grace to receive grace and mercy in our time of need. The thing is, is that you have the stuff on the tip of your tongue. It combats, it combats me because... To be honest with you, today, I had to combat myself because this inside of me is not, does, isn't natural. And so, you know, wants me to run, it's just like, you're, you're going to, you know, all the thoughts, you're, you're going to make a fool of yourself. What are they going to think of you? They, you, know, they're, you know, just all these things. But the Lord has got me to places that there's only one person that I really care about, yes. who th what he thinks of me, and that's the Lord. Because the reality is he's the only one who knows who I am. I don't even know who I am. You know, there's another scripture, Ephesians 2.10. It says, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. The thing is, is that I was lost. Even though I was a believer, I was still doing the, sort of the Roman 7. I was still giving myself the license to still be doing the things I don't want to do. And, and the Lord's saying, I've given you my Holy Spirit. Well, that, well, what do you mean? I've given you all power to overcome. Yeah. There, there is nothing that should basically take you under. And again, that, there's still the, the tendencies. I'm not saying that I've, I've arrived because I'll, I'll we'll never arrive. Because even Paul said at the end of his life, I wish I could know you and the power of your resurrection. So there's, there's always another depth to go, yeah. deeper and deeper. So it's, it's, gonna, it's this ongoing thing, but are you on the journey? That's the whole thing is, are you on the journey to go deeper in the Lord, to know him? And I think um, when, when we've been talking at lunches, um, and I don't know if, if, if you feel comfortable sharing this, but that you almost feel more like yourself now than ever before. It's like God's letting you be Gary. I mean, you want to be like Jesus, but, but you're becoming more of that new creation or that new masterpiece. I don't know if you're open yeah. to sharing sure. that, well, but... The thing is, is one of the major, one scripture that I love is, in, in, again, in Romans 8, where it says that, that he, we can be conformed to the likeness of his son. And those he predestined, he called. And those he called, he justified. And those he justified, he's glorified. The thing is, is that you have to realize God is content in himself. He's not looking to be a puppet master. He's not looking to pull strings. He's looking for children. He's looking for those whose hearts are after him. That's why the amazing thing in scriptures, in the Gospels, Jesus always has one key word that he always does, if, which means gives you the opportunity to decide yes or no. So, again, you know, we've heard the scripture, 
you know, who are, what are you going to choose this day? Who are you going to serve? As for me, I wish I could say my whole household because I have two kids who also who were brought in this church who, you know, have decided at this point in their lives that, you know, God isn't necessary. But I have the promises. So just because what I see with my eyes no longer dictates who I am. And, and you have to, it, it, it seems hard to do, but if you stay in the presence of God, um, one of the major things that, you know, I've also do um, is review sermons. I watch them. And one of the sermons that I listen to over and over is there was a sermon by Bob Cornwall called The Secret Place. It, it, every time, if I need to be uplifted, if I need to go deeper, I just listen to it again because it, it, it does something inside of me. So you have a place. You have a place that you can go that where God will take you to a deeper place. That, you know, I, I, again, this, this, this love is endless. You know, we limit what God can do. God says yes to everything. All his promises are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. So the reality is, why aren't, they, why aren't they true for us? It's because we are not in agreement with what he says. Because, again, this whole idea, of, I, I've told Pastor Darrell, in the, probably the last five to seven years, I have told the Lord, everything's on the table. All my ideas, anything I think about, politics, anything, all of it is on the table. Because I've come to realize I know nothing. You know, even what I do know is, is such a drop in the bucket of the reality of things. To think that I, that I can judge you, I, I, I'm an idiot. How could I judge you when I don't know, I, how, like Gloria, the amount of, time, amount of time I spend with you is what percentage of your life? It is minuscule. So for me to come here and think that I know who you are and can, can so, but the thing is, because I've come to realize I don't know a lot about myself still. Because God wants to reveal, because the things were broken in a lot of ways. We have things from our past that push us down a, dirt, dirt, a certain path. And one of the things that the Lord's really helped me with the word is to keep things, slow things down. You know, you have an anger problem. Well, the thing is, is the, the reason why you have an anger problem is because you let that button pushed and you go from here to there immediately. You let God come in. And he'll slow that down. And he'll start t teaching you why you're angry. And what's the root of the anger. And, and so that God can transform us. That there, you know, we, we are, you know, in some ways so complex in a sense that only the eternal one can help us unpack this person. And the thing is, is that's why the Lord wants to transform us because then we can then be light to other people. Because until we are honest and true to ourselves, we're no good to anyone else. How can you give away something that you don't have yourself? You know, I, the disciples, you know, the, one of the most amazing things that I look at is Paul, you know, it's talking, I mean, not Paul, Peter, his shadow, you know, casting on people. And, you, and you, do you ever ponder on it? You know, we talked about meditating. I've gone to a different level. I've gone to pondering. You know, when Mary heard that she was going to have this baby, she pondered on this thing. You know, pondering takes your imagination, taking it to a different depth, saying, Lord, reveal this in a deeper thing. Yes, I, I hear this word in black and white, but there was real life there. There was a situation. There were people that were involved. You said these things more than just a simplistic one-sentence word. This, this transformed people's lives. So the thing is, is I'm, I'm allowing the Lord just to 
you know, the meditating is just saying, God, unpack this. Yeah. Show yourself. Because we have, we have the God of the universe. Mm-hmm. You know, and one thing that also I've come to realize, too, is Jesus is my brother. He is my friend. But he is also the King of kings yes. and Lord of lords. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. you have to remember in the book of Revelations, mm-hmm. you know, this disciple whom Jesus loved. And, you know, sometimes you hear, well, that not that arrogant? No, what it is, he was probably the one that accepted Jesus' love to the point that he knew that Jesus loved him. But what, did, what happened to him in the first chapter of Revelation? He felt like a dead man. Yeah. So somebody who knew Jesus probably the most intimately of anyone on this earth, when he came to in contact yeah. with the true nature of, the, of Jesus, who's the King of kings and Lord, he fell as a dead man. So we have to also, there has to be an awesomeness still yes. to our God. There, there, there is this, you know, he's our father, but he's also yeah. awesome. And, and just one other thought that I've done for myself, I, I think of God as I'm a drop of dew, and I'm standing five feet in front of the sun. And what would happen to me? What would happen to a drop of dew five feet <laughs> from the sun? You'd be totally vaporized. But the amazing thing is, that's what's going to happen in eternity. Mm. Because that, that's not even the right comparison. Because the God who created all things is so far superior. But he is going to encapsulate me in a sense that I'm going to be able to stand in his presence. Yeah. And, but the thing is, that's reality now. He's yeah. done this for us already. Yeah. See, and that's the, the whole thing is we sometimes wait for heaven, but God, Jesus is saying, right. let it happen now because if it happens now, you can transform the world. Mm. You can transform your families. You can transform the people around about you because until you believe that, until you believe this, the amazing things that are said in this word about us mm. and for us, you, you'll just live your normal life. You'll, you'll say, well, you know, I'm going to heaven. But the problem is, is that Jesus had one thing to say, is, you know, and this is another thing that just keeps me sort of normal, is, you know, you, you, he says, I, you've done all these things in my name. But what does he say? But I didn't know you. Mm-hmm. The thing is, we can be out there working for God and still not know him. Yeah. Do, all the, do all the Christian service. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot of that. And, and, and it wasn't that I was totally away from God, but... Really, he was not my focal point. He mm-hmm. was not my source. He was not my all in all. Mm-hmm. Because it's funny, God wants all of us. Yeah. But the thing is, once he has all of us, then we become good to everything else around about us. Right. We become a better husband. We become a better friend. We become a better co-worker. Yeah. We become a better neighbor. It's when he transforms us and take, has all, all of us. And the thing is, like we talked about, I don't get lost in the shuffle. I get to be, find out who I really was created for. Yeah, that's and, that, and that's that's the that's, that's the freedom that happens. Gary, I'm so glad we're doing this tonight because that is so good, and and not only um, is what he's saying true about you. I mean, that's what Jesus did. It, it said that every time he taught, there's like, man, this guy's teaching with authority and there's power, and Jesus's authority and power came from intimacy with the Father. And I want us to know that it comes to that intimacy with God. If you want power and authority in your life, it's not going to come out of your own strength or how much you know or anything like that. It's going to come from that intimacy with God. And um, I know we're running out of time, but uh, just super practically here, Gary, I know this is something that's a big part of your life. How, what do you, just so we can 
know you and also know what we could do ourselves. How do you use this every day? So like, what, what would be something practical that, that everybody could take home now that they have these verses in front of them? What can they do? I put it in your car. I have it on my board at work. So I, I, I meditate on it. Um, um, I go for walks at lunchtime with my verses. Um, I, I, I've come to realize that you know, I thought it was me that was going to basically save somebody. I thought my mm. words were going to save somebody. But I've come to realize that it's only the Lord through me. Mm. When the Lord is, is so strong in me that I'll have impact. Because people don't want what we have if we're hypocrites. Mm. Or if they, if, they, if they don't see light. Mm -hmm. You know, it, you know the, people can see through us. And that's the sad thing is, is why the church really isn't on fire. Mm. Is because... The sad thing is we've allowed ourselves to let the world mm. control us. Wow. We're, we're, you know, the sad thing is we've heard all the statistics. We're no different mm. than so many things in the world. But that should not be. Right. If, you know, it, it is so simple because what does it say? You just need to become like a child. Yeah. Anyone who wants to enter into the kingdom needs to become like a child. What does a child get to do? A child believes anything. They believe in Santa Claus. They believe in the Easter Bunny. The thing is, is that really, this thing has unbelievable things. These things are, are far superior than believing in Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny, because they are they are really crazy things that God says. But when He opens it up to you and makes it real, that's when it transforms, because these things are way beyond us. The problem is we have too much familiarity with this. Yeah, we've heard these things too often and not allowed them. They're, they're up here. They have to get down here. Yeah. And only he can make those rhema. Only he can make them. Only the spirit can make them alive. Yeah. Um, it talks about in 1 Corinthians that it's the Holy Spirit that will reveal the words. They, those words will become alive. Yeah. That they will, they will make you come to understand who the Father is. Mm -hmm. The Father wants to reveal himself, but it's on his terms. It yeah. cannot be on our terms. Yeah. Because our terms pollute things. Our terms you know, diminish who he really is because only he knows his glory. Yeah. We, we, we have no kind. We, we pray, we worship him and say glory to your name, but we have no comprehension right. of the glory that, that, that's happening. I'm saying John, basically, who knew him on this earth, when he got to see him, you know, for, the, for real in the, in the spiritual realm, you know, he, he basically fell as a dead man. And so we just, are we excited? Yeah. You know, what his revelation says, I have this against you. You lost your first love. Mm. Are you in love with him again? Are you in love with him the same way you were when you first got saved? I know me, when I first got saved, I read my Bible all the time. I talked all the time. I know people couldn't stand what I had to say because the, the reality is my life wasn't in line with what I was saying. But what was going on in the inside, yeah. I, light penetrated my darkness. I was in a, I was in a well so deep that I thought I was falling, and I, there was no hope. But the Lord brought light into my life, and it just it transformed me. You know, so people on the outside just thought I was just wacko. <laughs> because, to be honest with you, the, the, my, my life wasn't much changed on the outside. Yeah. But there was a transforming going on the inside. And that's what God's concerned about. The, tra the, the transforming happens on the inside, it'll eventually show on the outside. Yeah. It, 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 can, it has to. Right. The tree will produce the right fruit. Mm -hmm.